Good evening, Shalom. Thank you very much, Rabbi Tap. And I'll say it's a pleasure to be here. I didn't pick the topic, and um, I don't know if it's a pleasure necessarily to talk about this topic, but I think that it is a real phenomena, and um, we'll wrestle together. And I'm hoping that if I can just at least communicate to everybody here that if everybody's going to not only give a little bit, but uh, perhaps look at a problem sometimes as nothing less than a healthy problem. And perhaps I'll state that if the topic is tonight called Bridging the Spiritual Generation Gap, then let me present at least two different scenarios and we'll spend more of our time speaking about what I consider nothing less than a healthy problem and then we'll talk about Nebach, a much more serious problem. The healthy problem is that, Baruch Hashem, today, most of our young men and women at least have an array of yeshiva programs in Eretz Yisrael that they can go <coughs> and participate therein. And very often, be it a boy or a girl, before they go to Eretz Yisrael, what does their rabbi say to them? I say to them that it's not only that you're going for another perek and the learning and that's mother for a boy but I say go and get the experience the various Shabbatonim the spending Shabbos in different people's homes in different communities and it certainly is for so many of them a very valuable um, experience for them to literally be a little bit on their own to mature and during that time I think it's very important for everybody to realize what's going to happen there. During that time, they're going to be hearing shiurim in their various subject matters, which, as we know, they're taking a year off from their college studies. They get, for the most part, in most situations, the best of both worlds. They'll go for college credit. So they've got everything. But we have to ask themselves, who are they being exposed to? And clearly, what they're being exposed to, both in the realm of halacha, as well as in the realm of hashkafa, is something which I'm going to say, we'll call it, for lack of a better term, uh, rabbeim, morot, men and women who are quite straight. All right? Straight in their derech. And their derech is a wonderful derech, a derech hachayim, which might not be exactly the same as the, for lack of a better way of saying it, hashkafa of mommy and daddy, who really have struggled very often to be where they are and have made significant sacrifice to send their child to Eretz Yisrael, only to find out that when their child comes home, I don't recognize uh, her. First of all, she has a Hebrew name, okay? And besides the Hebrew name, wait a second, she has a different wardrobe. And um, that box that used to be in her room, uh, that's come out of her room. And Halavai uh, would only stop over there. And it's not, I don't know if it's any different with girls, boys, etc. But oftentimes, the transition coming back from a year or two of study in Eretz Yisrael could create what the title tonight is called a spiritual generation gap. This is a reality. 
There's no question about it. I know it's easy for me to say, all my kids are married, okay? And uh, I'm very proud of the fact, of the fact that Baruch Hashem, uh, besides their being most of them involved in Avodah Kodesh, they're taking time out and to uh, be involved in learning. But clearly, uh, for many families, this presents a serious problem which we, as I said, will talk about that's one kind of a most healthy problem and then I'll use nothing less than the term Lo'aleinu there is another spiritual generation gap where the children uh, are not looking to go beyond the, how they view their parents' behavior and observance, but unfortunately are looking for a completely different lifestyle, which is a, a lifestyle devoid of Torah and mitzvot. An unglick for many, many families. And how might we bridge that spiritual generation gap? I'm going to begin with the healthy problem. And we'll see how much time we have to go to the uh, not-so-healthy problem for the practical reason. Looking around the room, knowing many of you and certainly your friends, uh, I believe that the majority of us, while we empathize with the latter case, can relate more to the first one. And I think that even though many of us might not be in that situation anymore, I think that the topic itself lends itself for all of us to learn uh, how should I say it you know different you know aspects uh, and different qualities uh, of life from this whole issue so what I did is prepare a kind of source sheet which I think you have and I will try to integrate so that you'll be able to take this home with you and uh, be able to look for yourselves, not only at the sources here, but at, uh, well, I'll try to give you others as well, so that you'll understand that the issue is not a simple one, and it's one that if we have to confront, it has a, a message for all of us. Understandably, when children come home, and they pose nothing less than a threat to the lifestyle of the parents. If we have to put it in other words, and I think to a certain extent, maybe while the term modern orthodoxy is not an integral part of the title, I think it might be important for us to identify the audience that we're talking about because while certainly within the yeshivish world I could see problems whereby a Hasidish family sent their child to a Litvish yeshiva and guess what? Their son is now following the ways of that Rosh yeshiva and therefore wants to conduct himself somewhat differently than family minhagim. Okay, I'm sure there are those issues and vice versa 
But I think that what we are concerned, we're talking and addressing, is what we conveniently call modern orthodox. And even though you might not introduce yourself as, my name is, and I'm a modern orthodox, I'm going to define the term in the most broad sense in the following way. Clearly, someone who, and I'll come back to this, but we must start with someone who's committed to Torah and mitzvot, but then, here we go. We're talking that someone who embraces the philosophy of Torah Mada. I don't mean that to the exclusion of any other uh, higher institution of Torah learning, but I'm saying that at the same time that our young men and women after high school are going to study Torah, they're also going to continue their secular education, which as a lechatchila, as opposed to in the other world, might be a big bidyever, and you get permission, and at night time, and uh, etc. One. Secondly, in terms of our approach to Medinas Yisrael, it's something that's not simply a given, but it's such an integral part of our hashkafa that uh, it's home. People know that in Philom, when you come back from Eretz Yisrael, they don't say, welcome home, they say, welcome back. You are home. Okay, that's, uh, that's what we believe. Wonderful. It's not something, and I don't want to get bogged down to whether or not you say the prayer from Adinas Yisrael, whether you include Rashis, Michas, Kula, Seinu, but it does identify us as being part of a certain rubric. Torah education for girls is again something which, again, within our modern Orthodox uh, community that we are comfortable with. And I say that hopefully there is this commitment to Torah mitzvahs as part of the package as well. So the kid comes back from Eretz Yisrael and issues such as Kashrus, that your home is certainly a kosher home, but there are standards and there are standards. And now, all of a sudden, your child wants a higher standard. One, in terms of, uh, okay, entertainment. It's not enough that the box is going to come out of their room. They were taught in the course of the year how to value time. And those persons who are to be there role models, mommy and daddy, all of a sudden now those activities their entertainment which had not disturbed the child who didn't really have their values what they would say straight prior to the going to Israel now all of a sudden they find much of their parents activities and entertainment to be something which is uh, a disturbing to them and clearly the family structure is somewhat threatened that the parents feel is going to be this distancing between themselves and the child. And the last thing I came to do tonight is try to discourage families from sending their children to Eretz Yisrael. That's for sure. Okay? But 
we have to admit that there's a problem. And the truth of the matter is, uh, I think that the more we know about this, and the more the yeshivas are aware of this, and the more this is addressed, we can at least, you know, uh, minimize the problem. The first source that I have, and I gave you most of it, is the very significant Hagdama, the introduction of the Nitziv to Sefer Bereshis. I'm only going to read with you two lines, or three lines from it. You'll have it to look at it yourself, to study it with your child, or with your Chavrusa. It's most worthwhile. The reality is, the Gemara refers to the book of Bereshis as Sefer Yesharim in more than one location. Alright? And that's, excuse me, the Tanakh refers to it as Sefer HaYashar. And the Gemara identifies Sefer HaYashar as the book of Bereshis. Now the question is, why is the book of Bereshis called Sefer HaYashar? Because it focuses primarily on the Avos who are Yesharim. Now how do we define Yesharim? Right? Uh, so I would say a Yashar is somebody who when you shake his hand you don't have to count your fingers. Good. That's certainly a Yashar. But the Nitziv goes beyond that. And the Nitziv says that a Yashar is someone that can respect the next person's opinion. A Yashar is someone who is tolerant and even and, and, he, and he shows how the Avos were Yesharim that even though Avram Avinu when HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him about the impending destruction of Sodom because after all on the one hand Hashem just said to Avram I'm giving you this land and now very part and parcel of that land itself is going to be destroyed so how can I not tell Avram about it so Avram doesn't simply say to Ganesh Baruch okay look you're the master of the world do what you got to do and especially on Shei Sodom the Torah says v'chatoim urshoim l'ashem ma'od right what does that mean they were excessively evil so Avram should have said we'll make a kiddush avod rishoyim rina come on let's get rid of these people that were literally the antithesis of Avraham, right? At the same time that Avraham is doing all this chesed, right? Remember that sign that you know, was in the museum? Welcome to Sodom. Chesed forbidden. No chesed allowed. So when Avraham hears that Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to destroy the people of Sodom, to see the kind of protest that he puts up for these lowlifes, and this, the Nitziv says, shows him to be a Yashar. In other words, Avram doesn't agree with them, but Avram could see the value of keeping even these people alive. The fact that Yitzchak, in this past week's parsha, is quick to acquiesce and to make peace with an Avimelech. The fact that Yaakov who has been mistreated by Lavan, this forthcoming week's parsha of Vayetze, for over 20 years. And Lavan is that person that when you shook his hand, you had to count your fingers, because literally, Vayichalefes Maskurti Aseris Monim, over a hundred times, Lavan changes the rules on Yaakov. 
And after so many years, when Yaakov has a chance to finally, what, give it to him, so the, he quotes the uh, Chazal, which tell us that I'd rather have the, um, the anger of the Ovos, right, showing, because even in their anger, they were such Rishoim. So, such Yisharim, excuse me. And what does he say, unfortunately, is the violation thereof? And that's what you're going to take a look on this sheet, which, unless you would see this inside, you would not believe this. He points out that at the time of the second base Hamigdash, we're approximately nine lines down from the top. Upirashnu, Shehoyu Tzadikim, the Chasidim, the Omle Torah. He's describing the community at the time of the second Beis Hamikdash. Now, Tzadikim, in this context, means persons who observed Torah and mitzvot. And Chasidim would even be that they didn't just observe the mitzvot, they observed their mitzvot with a sense of zeal, enthusiasm. The Omle Torah. So what could be better? So why was the community unfortunately destroyed and why was the base of Migdash, second base of Migdash destroyed so if I didn't bring the sheet you'd never believe me watch Ach. they were not Yeshorim now what does that mean it doesn't mean they cheated in business no in what way they suspected and did not tolerate me in other words if you didn't observe as I did if you didn't wear the same kind of hat I did if you didn't wear the same kind of gartel I do if you don't practice the way I practice so they suspected the next one, Shehutzduki, I read the next word, the Apikoris. They did not tolerate one another. Ubazer, ouch. Boy, they zel de shvichas domim, bederach aflaga, uchol haroshe baolam achachorav habayas. Now, I believe this is such an important thesis to begin with tonight, and that is as follows. Nobody has the monopoly on Yiras and Avodas Hashem. So many have pointed this out, including Rav Shimshon Paul Hirsch. Hashkacha has it that there are 12 Shvatim. Why? Because there are 12 different ways to worship Hashem. Not simply Nuschaos, that Amir Hashem when Mashiach will come and we'll see, you know, that uh, from this community they daven this way. No, it's not simply Nuschaos. Now, it's clear that these 12 different ways are only accepted as ways if they, as the Torah tells us, Saviv la Mishkan Yachanu. We're not talking about those that accept Torah Shabbat Peh, 
and those that don't know. We're not talking about those that don't accept Torah Shabbat Peh. You don't accept Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral law, you're not part of these 12 different Sha'arim that there were to enter the base of Migdash. We're talking about 12 legitimate, and that's the key point, to understand and to open up our minds that my way is not the only way, and that I can embrace the next one, and I can embrace my child if my child chooses another valid way. But this is something that we have to work at. And that's why I believe as a mindset, this is so important. Point number one. Point number two. Let's picture this scene. The young man, young woman, aside from the formal texts that they are studying understandably they're going to be hearing what you would call perhaps in the yeshiva a shmooze in the girl schools you know a class in Musr now what are they going to be taught so take a look at source number two we're not going to something esoteric we're going to go right to the book of Mishle and there in the 15th chapter of Mishle what does Shlomo Melech say Orachayim literally, the way of life is upward to the one who has intelligence in order that they shall deviate and go away from literally going downward to be it the grave now what's going on here what you have at the bottom is the commentary of the Vilna Gaon on this Pasuk. It's worth buying the Sefer for this source and number three, which I'll share these two different gras with it. All the rest will be uh, gravy. What does the gras say? Orachayim. Ha'adam nikra holech. Now this is what boys and girls are going to hear for a year's time. That man and woman are called a holech. Holech means, as opposed to an angel who's an omid, man is constantly on the go. But what does it mean to be on the go? There's growth. Shetzorech lelech tamid, you have to go constantly midarga ledarga. You have to go from level to level. You can't stay still. Again, this is not brainwashing. That's what we have to discuss right, right tonight. My child is being brainwashed or my child is being taught Mishle. And wait a second. And the Vilna Gone. Well, what kind of a framak was he? Now, one second. Vimlo Yale Limala says the Gra. If you don't go up, uh oh, ye raid mato mato, chasvisholam. Then you're going down. There's no such thing as standing still. Except for, you know who? My mom and my dad. They stand, they defy the gra. Okay. Next word, chas v'sholem. Okay. It should never be. But you got the idea. Ki bilti efshar. The gra says, sorry. Your parents aren't wrong. They're just making a mistake. They think they're standing still. But they're not. Ki bilti efshar shi'amu bedarga chada. There's no way of standing still. 
Now, the question is very simply, do we send our kids off and we say to them, okay, look, nothing wrong with studying the Gemara, but I've got to tell you, when they open up the Mishlei to chapter 15, plus the 24, and they start to tell you this grub, okay, turn the page. Now, what do we have? Everybody knows this Pasuk. Everybody knows. But the Gra is so delicious. This is from the same book of Mishlei, chapter 22, Pasuk 6. And it's so important. The problem is, it's so important, but ouch. We all suffer from the fact that we don't do it. That's the problem. What does he say? Educate and train and direct a child in accordance with his capabilities with his nature, as you'll see in a second. Now, the brilliant insight of the Gra, as you'll see in a moment, so the literal translation means you put the child on the right path when he's young, and when he matures, he will not deviate from the good path that you put him on. And that is correct. Surprise quiz. If that's what you wrote, I'm going to mark you right. However, says the Grah, and don't get nervous, we won't do the whole thing together, but just to whet your appetite, listen to this. What does he say? Second line down, Ve'inyan. Ki adam darko. This is, as you'll see, he'll quote in the Gemara, a Gemara in Shabbos, Kuf Nun Vav, Amar Aleph and Amid Beis, a very interesting page of Agadita, whereby the Grah says that it's impossible, Iefshar, for a person to break Darko, his nature. We are all given a different nature. We're endowed. Now, whether or not, it's a very difficult Gemara, because whether or not it has to do with which, which hour in the day you were born, which day of the week, etc., as you'll see a quote in a moment, Klomar, Mazolo, Shinolad Bo, that very simply, everybody was given a very specific Package from on high, Kimosha Kosov, Haiman, Debotsak. Now, here, this is literally Jupiter. Don't look at me, you'll find this in the Gemara. Um, as I told you, Shabbos Kufnun Vav, Yia Gever Tzidkan. Now, whether Tzidkan means from the word Tzedek, that you have a greater propensity, watch. Ukshinola Bimazel Ra. If a person was born under a bad mazel, so you'll say, <laughs> not his fault, right? Not so fast. Man always has the choice how he's going to direct it. You have a choice to be any one of the three. As the Gemara says in Shabbos, I told you where, if a person was born literally not just with a red complexion, be it under Mars, but be it with this... Um, countenance upon him so he's going to be a shofech damim that's it you will be a spiller of blood but watch right you could be either a moel who's going to make a bracha or a shochet who's going to make a bracha or you're going to be a butcher or list him or you're going to be a rava and who's going to pull the trigger from time to time one way or another you'll spill the blood so he says, what? What's the point? That each person has a certain nature. Skip down. You're welcome to look at this later at home because I want to cover some ground with you. So skip down. Three lines up from the bottom. This is how he understands the Pasuk. 
train the child, boy or girl, derech mazolo, in accordance with literally their nature, the tivo. You shall, this is how you should, should train him and educate him. Lasos mitzvos. Because, gam ki kishayazkin, when they mature, lo yosumimena. But, abel kasher tavireyu amazolo, if you are going to push the child in a direction that you want, which is not really in keeping with the child's nature, ato with an ayin, now yishmalucha, as long as you're paying the bills, and as long as you have the car keys, and as long as you're paying the insurance, v'chulu v'chulu, he's going to listen to you, mi'ira so oscha, because literally you control him, and he'll be uh, a good boy or girl, avalachakach. But afterwards, be'es yusar ucha me'al tavaro. As soon as your quote yoke is off their shoulder, as soon as they have their freedom, as soon as they marry, as soon as they're out of your house. He will go away from this, says the Gura Madua. He can't. He can't get it out of his system. This is his nature. This is the way Hashem made him. So what are we being told? Literally, don't impose on the child what you want to see because that might not be in keeping with their nature. Now, Let's be, uh, let's, a couple of secrets for the parents. This is the age very often where the young man, the young woman, is really first finding themselves. So now, give them a chance to work it out. If they come back from Eretz Yisrael, and I'm going to use the term just that so we can understand each other, what we would call perhaps fafrunt, okay? But let's be honest, that is the problem. I said, this is the healthiest problem. Uh, these umglicken that we wish, right? Wonderful. So now what? So the problem comes when the parents will start to give the kid, right? The boy all of a sudden, what's that hanging out of his pants, right? Those uh, fringes? Okay, if the parent is smart, the parent, as much as the father's a father because he wears them, but they're very well tucked in. Okay? And now all of a sudden he's got a kid that, you know, and sometimes you didn't know they made sisters that long. So even, <laughs> even when he wears a jacket, you, you can tell. So, so listen carefully. So the question is, you've got to pick and choose. Be smart. Very often, just don't say a word as much as it might bother you because after all, who's better than me? And I've got it tucked in, etc. And my father didn't wear sisters. So compared to my father, look at me. Right? So the answer is don't. Don't make everything an issue. And then guess what? Very often, the child will find themselves in a way that, guess what? Might surprise you. But if you're going to fight and challenge every step of the way, you're only going to entrench them. And don't get me wrong, perhaps even push them more in a direction that. I mean, I'll only say Baruch Hashem, because we spoke about the 12 different Sha'arim, right? The 12 different ways to worship HaKadosh Baruch Hu, etc. But it might be further than they would have even gone on their own. I think it's very, very important that we're told, Alpi Darko, allow the child to find his way. Because as you can see, some things you just won't be able to take away. Now, let's take another step back, alright? And 
Again, thinking that I would be speaking, as indeed there are, more to the parents this evening, I just want you to be aware of a few other sources. Now again, I don't think a child gets off the plane and says, here you are, mom and dad, just take a look, it's Shulchan Aruch, Yordeya, number four, Sima Reishmem, Chafei, take a look. And the Ramah doesn't argue. So what's here to talk about? I want to learn here, okay? So, and if the father objects, so it's for Talmud Torah, the son gets his way. I want to marry this woman, and parent objects, from the letter of the law, the child gets their way. The answer is yes. From the letter of the law, this is such. But I think we're here, it's very important, and hopefully sooner than later, the yeshivos in Eretz Yisrael have to learn how to teach our children, when they come back, how to relate to parents. And even when you are going to, keyword respectfully disagree, and that has to be the word. You see? Number six, we'll come back to number five in a minute. Here's that very important balance. The balance between a child coming back and finding that in, according to, well, their, quote, hashkafa, now that they have that now that they have learned to at least want to think and conduct themselves in a certain way. So Aviv, Sha'avar al Divrei Torah. If you see something, the young man, the young woman, that their parent is doing something which they believe might be in violation, the parent doesn't know, the parent saw it this way in their house parent is on their way, etc. Lo yomar lo. You're not to say, avarto divrei Torah. You can't come and say, Abba, it's wrong. Ima, this is not the way we do things. One has to, yomar lo, you have to basically do it with chachma. You have to sit down and study that they should come themselves to realize that there is an issue rather than have a confrontation. And this is a very important point. So on the one hand, the child has to know how to speak to the parent. Number five, what is that? Clearly again in Shulchan Aruch, it's not just an Eitzatova. In other words, it's not simply that the parent is not to impose in terms of kibud of, but we're talking in terms of the rigidity of the home as we said before starting with the nitziv that it's got to be only this way in this house, no now I have to tell you I heard this from one of my sons and you'll verify it but what I'm going to tell you now is most um, refreshing Okay, in nature. I had this chus when I was in Kolel at Yeshiva University to learn under Ravarin Lichtenstein Shlita. And I say this with complete humility. It would be a chus for me to shine his shoes even today. He is such an incredible human being. All right? And for so many of us, 
without his, you know, uh, sending out his picture and his, uh, in his Torah, you know, uh, uh, card, etc., with his uh, statistics. But uh, his statistics are very, very uh, special. And he's up there. And he has Bliyayin Hara, I believe six children. All right? And he says that some are different than others. And he has a son, I don't want to mention the son by name, I know the son personally, who learned in other yeshivas, including the Mir. And I quote almost verbatim. Now listen carefully where this is coming from. From Ravaren Lichtenstein. I was delighted, he said, to change over my kitchen to accommodate my son. Now, that's right. That's right. The son might have picked up whatever kind of a chumrah. So rather than say, look here, sonny boy, right? I can justify with many rayas, this finger and that finger. No, no. It's such... I'm trying to show you what can be looked upon as a pleasant problem. I look at it as a different way of understanding Ashrei. Dor l'dor yishabach masecha. So the literal translation of dor l'dor yishabach masecha means generation to generation praises your actions. But we know from the use of the Talmud and the term shvach can also mean to improve. Lashbiach. Dor l'dor yishabach masecha that one generation builds upon the next one. And if parents can only see with a sense of pride that my child wants more, I really believe that if the parents are able to embrace it as a concept, that's going to immediately uh, curtail the amount of uh, direct you know, confrontation between them which I think is so important. So clearly, we're talking tonight about a necessary give and take, but, and very quickly, because I will spend just a moment or two on the major, on that very different umblik of children going off the derech. But let's just run for a second more with some of these marmakomos. Where is this? Number seven. We're all familiar with this, the pasuk of this past week's parsha. So Vayela told us Yitzhak ben Avram, which is biological. And what's the second half? That Avram holded his Yitzchak. Again, I heard from one of my sons so beautifully. Avram's nature is chesed. And Yitzchak's nature is gevura. Doesn't mean there wasn't any gevura in Avram. Doesn't mean there was no chesed in Yitzchak. But clearly, their, their nature, their natiya, what we spoke about in the Grah, Right? They're very, as to what they were, Avram holy as Yitzchak means that Avram helped develop Yitzchak. That's the point. The greatness. And unfortunately, as only Rav Hirsch could say, that's why I tell you, see Rav Hirsch, and you have to take my word for it, but you'll take a look. Again, further on, this past week's parsha, if he wouldn't say it, I wouldn't have the chutzpah to say it. But by Yigdulu Hanorim, he says, and what was the major problem why Esav went off the derech? Because Esav was given the exact same curriculum as Yaakov. Same class, same derech, etc. And what was good for Yaakov was not good for an Esav. 
I have to tell you, I was Zoha to know and to follow and unfortunately not work long enough with the late Rev. Moshe Bezdin at Yeshiva University. Many in this room might remember him for being an exceptional teacher and a, such a beautiful human being. And one of his most favorite ideas was number nine. At the end of Parshas Yisro, the Torah tells us a strange law that the Mizbeach could not have a staircase going up to it, but had to have a ramp. And this is one of the 365 negative commandments of the Torah. Give me a break. What's going on here? And it's interesting, the second half of the puzzle, which we don't have time to go into now, as to uh, some of the factors there, and cover the brios, and uh, why we cover the chalice. What's going on here? So he says very sharply the following. A staircase is one where a person can stand still on. Though a lane person has a heart condition. They have to walk up a flight of stairs, they'll walk up three, four steps, and they'll stop for a minute or two. They'll walk up three more steps, and they'll stop. You can stop on a staircase. On a ramp, it's more difficult to stand still. You either go up, or you go down. And this is, again, what ideally all of us should be exposed to. This is what our children are going to hear for the year or two in Eretz Yisrael. And as long as we realize this, hey, halavai, we can grow with them. As we find again in number 10 with Udlo Mosif, if a person unfortunately doesn't add Yosef, you don't stay still. I'm just going to close with the following. I saw a delicious response to what are we to do Lo'aleinu for and how do we avoid the numbers of children who are dropping out and who are not becoming more religious than their parents but Lo'aleinu less and the answer is to try to pick up immediately in the younger years when the child is facing problems with the curriculum, with school, with the yeshiva immediately embrace the child and you've got to give the child love and more love and more love as opposed to fighting to make sure that they conform now watch listen to this this is by the Tolna Rebbe in Eretz Yisrael who said the following quote I know a wealthy man to whom Hashem granted two special children children with special needs he opened a special institution for his children which is currently well known he came to Israel to select the staff that would work in the institution and asked me how to locate the most appropriate people for the task you'll remember this I advised him as follows Put an ad in the paper that you're searching for candidates to work with special children. When the candidates come for an interview, have them meet several normal children who are very short. As part of the interview, ask these candidates to speak with these children and develop a relationship with them. And now, listen to the heart of my advice those candidates who speak with these short children 
while standing upright, disqualify immediately. They're not to be considered for the job. If a candidate bends down, that's a sign that he may be suited for the job. Those who get down and sit on the ground, take. For this sort of behavior signifies a true identification with the children and, bespoke, and bespeaks rather the loving approach that instills hope. There's only one way. There's only one answer. We have to love them and love them and we have to try to avoid this and to nip the problems in the bud. And we have to be big and realize that the Chanoch and on all levels, on the elementary level, that we're not to treat and to ram down the same curriculum. The high school, I think the time has come where we have to recognize that certain boys and girls need vocational kinds of programs within the you know, Torah system. The part of the day we'll be giving them Limudei Kodesh, but at the same time, they're not meant to have and to have the, 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 the chemistry and all the other parts of high school which so many of us have not used since that time. And okay, so we made it through the regions if we were, you know, in, you know New York people, etc. And uh, we still forgive our parents, you know, for it, etc. But the pressure for, unfortunately, those that cannot make it through the system, we don't have sufficient alternatives for these kids. And Nebach, too many are dropping out. We have to start with that uh, one remedy, love, and give them more of that as well. All right, I hope that uh, tonight's learning together will be something that will help all of us parents and the uh, young ones who return Baruch Hashem with this uh, excitement from Eretz Yisrael. Each one giving a little will bring us all a lot closer together. Thank you.